喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵。That's what I have to say. Wait, 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 hold on. Curse you. Okay, I'm done. Hey. Welcome back to Thanks for Participating. This is the show where we, meaning me and Sydney, force each other to participate in all the things we might separately enjoy, sometimes try new things together, and hope we find common interests along the way. I'm Josh. And I'm Sydney. And we are joined today by a very special guest who recently forced the both of us to participate in something that she was really excited about. We are joined by my sister-in-law and Sydney's sister, Livy Hansen. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. Do you want to introduce uh, the topic that we're going to be discussing today? Yeah, we're talking about Mean Girls. And how are you familiar with Mean Girls? Uh, I played Katie in the musical. Yes, she did. A local theater production of everybody's favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> Except, so, the, so this is going to be a fun episode because we're discussing three different iterations of the story. The 2004 original movie, which I had not seen until Sydney and I uh, were dating, or maybe we'd been married at that point, but Sydney introduced me to the original movie, and Livy was the lead in a local production of the musical version. And then, of course, earlier this year, and by earlier, I mean first, like last month, the movie musical came out in theaters. So we all went and saw that together, and we're going to be discussing all three. Yep. So, uh... Sorry, my brain just farted <laughs> there for a second. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess, Josh, what were kind of your thoughts on the movie, like the original movie, going into this whole thing? Um, I think I remember the first time I watched it, there were so many moments where I realized, oh, that's where this quote comes from. Because <laughs> this came out when I was pretty young. And so growing up, I, I heard all those quotes in school, in the family, and I just had no idea where they came from. So it was like, oh, I feel like I'm finally like in the know. Okay, well, now I can't think of a single quote. <laughs> All these memorable quotes, and I can't remember any of them. She doesn't even go here. Yeah, exactly. People said that in school all the time. Um, yeah, I know that was, this movie was like a classic in our household that we watched a lot growing up. Yeah, so um, I don't know, when I heard they were making a musical about it, I wasn't like super excited because it was in the era where they were like, turning everything into every movie into a musical like elf and shrek and um spongebob yeah that was another <laughs> yeah so i just like wasn't super excited to be honest when i heard that they were making a mean girls musical because i was like can't they just come up with original musicals like I know all of my favorites, I feel like, were not based on movies. And then I remember it coming out, and I didn't really, like, pay that close attention to it, but I did hear some of the uh, songwriting for it, and I, like, I don't know, some of the uh, lyrics are pretty cringe, even still, <laughs> after, like, watching it. I'm just like, like, what were they thinking when they wrote those? Like, um, a party with revenge is what it's like in Revenge Party, or... Um, I don't know, Revenge Party has some really cringe ones. I Imagine think. a party with dresses and cake and singing and dancing and cake. Yeah, that's another one. That one was really bad. <laughs> yeah, so I just, yeah. So, like, I'm not going to lie, going into it, because we saw Olivia's play first, the version that she did, and going into it, I wasn't super excited, not because I didn't think they'd do a good job, but just because 
I didn't think the strong writing, the songwriting was super strong on this one. Um, but it ended up being a lot cuter than I thought it was. And I still don't think the songwriting was that strong. Okay, but my directors made it work. Yeah. And I think, too, it was a lot better seeing it come from a bunch of actual high schoolers. <laughs> um, because it does, some of those lyrics feel like what a high schooler would write for one of their, like, theater projects or something. And so it was a lot cuter seeing it come from actual high schoolers than, like, adults <laughs> pretending to be high schoolers. Why are you guys staring at me? What? <laughs> well, we had Because you're the high schooler. Oh. Yeah. And we had you on the podcast to uh, talk with us. So. Oh, well, my mind's blank right now. Okay. I have, I prepared some questions that we could, we could discuss about it. Um, how do you think that each version uh, captured the essence of the story in its own way? Liv, we'll pass this one to you. Whoa. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm not good with those types of questions. Um, I don't know. They were all pretty different to me. Like, it has, like, the same story, but, like, it just doesn't feel the same, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like, the original one, like, is completely different than the musical to me, especially since all of the characters are played completely different. Like, Katie, they wrote her character, like, completely different. They made her more, like, I don't know, like, more eager and more um, enthusiastic. Well, I don't know. They just made her more, like, hyper and more, like, I don't know, than yeah. the move, like, the original movie. I will say one thing that I did like about her characterization was that in the play, she was a lot um, more reluctant to kind of, like, turn on the girls like that. And she was, like, really worried about, like, Gretchen and stuff. I thought that was a little bit better characterization than the original movie. So I, like, definitely agree with you on that one. Mm hmm I don't know. Wait, she's worried to turn on Gretchen? Yeah, like, um, when they're trying to get her to, like, when they're trying to get her to, like, spy on the girls and stuff. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. she's a lot more reluctant. Sorry, I was thinking of the second act where I just, I was like, really? <laughs> no, no, just initially. I think it's better. Yeah. Characterization. Yeah, no, they they made her more, like, thoughtful and more careful. Like, I don't know. They just completely changed her and it was kind of weird. But it was a lot of fun playing Katie. I loved it. Yeah, you did a really nice job, too. Um, I think... Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. No, I think you did a really good job of, like, capturing um, kind of that, like, super innocent side and then, like, the super snotty side later. Like, um, you basically played two different characters, so... my One of my directors told me, I love... How you, I love how you just flipped. She says you do that characterization very well on flipping to the mean girl. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, because I, I, I just have to stop acting at that point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> no, I don't know. My directors, my directors loved me, though. It was kind of great. Mm. Um, one thing I wanted to, to jump into, this is, your, that was your first time being, like, having a leading role. Um, do you want to talk about like the experience of like auditions and like rehearsals and, you know, what your experience was like, um, in the show? Well, my theater company is very, very like chill and relaxed. So we just like, and we're all really close to each other. So we literally just show up, we're all talking. And I was like, I think I was helping with like a yard sale that day. And, and so I just waited there and was waiting for my audition time. And then we all went back and I was like in sweatpants and everything. Like they don't expect you to dress up, which, you know, like center point's super professional and really wants you to show up with your headshots and everything. And like, oof. I think that's pretty typical for theater auditions. Yeah, but we're cooler. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. So it's just kind of really low key. It's just like five people go into a room with the directors and then you sing a minute of a song and then you wait for callbacks and then you sing another like clip of a song at callbacks, which is very easy. And then you get casted. And you originally auditioned for Regina, right? Katie and Regina. Katie and Regina. I went more for Katie though. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I remember I took you to the audition and you like asked me to hear you sing like right before and you sounded really really good i that was, was like callback huh that was my call oh it was your callback yeah i remember like dropping you off and coming home and i was like oh yeah she's like got a part like <laughs> um i feel like being katie though i've my voice developed so much like it helped on my voice so much my voice like my singing voice has gotten so much better because katie just like really like went at it katie's songs were hard to sing yeah, that musical is not really built for, like, bad singers, you know, <laughs> or, like, immature young singers. And yet we had really good singers, too. Mm -hmm. Everybody at my theater company is so talented. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, My Regina, she was good. Yeah. I, know. I think all of my plastics were good. Yeah. So after being in the show, what did you think of the movie? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was good, but... Yeah, I know you've got some strong opinions on this one. I have some very, very strong opinions. I hate who they casted to play Katie. She and, can't sing. And Jury Rice. Yeah. I mean, she can sing, but not Broadway. She can sing, like, cutesy little stuff. And I think they changed her songs a lot just because she can't sing. Hate Stupid with Love. Absolutely hate it. Hate Revenge Party, too. I literally, every single time I say that on the screen, I close my eyes because I cannot take it. <laughs> yeah, that one camera angle was kind of a jump scare. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was unacceptable. Um, and then they cut out It Roars. And they cut out, like, all of Damien's songs, which I thought was stupid. But also, his songs aren't very important, so. <laughs> but It Roars, they replaced it with a different song, and I'm so mad about that. It Roars is my favorite song. Didn't you also, like, Whose House Is This? And they cut that one out, too? <laughs> yes, I'm so mad about that. Whose House Is This was so funny. Ugh, I love it. I don't know, I'm mad they cut out a lot of the songs. They cut out What's Wrong With Me re reprise, which I kind of hated. Because it's kind of, it was kind of like Mrs. George's song, too. Oh, yeah. And I think Busy Phillips can sing, too, right? Because she was in that uh, one Peacock show about the uh, pop group. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't even know who that was. Busy Phillips? Mm-hmm. She's been in a lot of stuff. I think she, like, got her start in Freaks and Geeks. But she's done, like, a lot of movies and stuff. None of which are coming to mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Probably not anything you would know, though. Um, Livy, did you, do you feel like you had any, like, unique interpretation to bring to your role as Katie? No, I think I was pretty stereotypical Katie. I don't know. Did you try to, like, base it off of, like, Lindsay Lohan at all? Or no, base Broadway. it off of, like... Just kind of what I heard in the songs. I just kind of... Gotcha. I just read the script and I just kind of went with it. Because she definitely was not the Lindsay Lohan character. She's more, like, stupid and more clumsy and stuff. And, like, her interactions with Aaron are completely different. Like, she's kind of, like, it's dumbfounded with Aaron and it's really fun. I don't know. Like, the, hey, I'm Aaron. She goes, me, Katie. Because she just doesn't know how to talk to him at all. When she, she kind of did it in the, like, in the movie. Like, the original movie. But my little Katie. <laughs> I know. I was so one thing that kind of is is interesting to me is um we live in kind of an era of movie remakes, right? Where all these classic movies are getting remade, 
you know, Disney animated films are getting live action remakes. And usually when you go see a remake, it tries to capture like the heart of the original by telling it in a new way. But in a lot of ways, going and seeing this Mean Girls movie didn't feel necessarily like a remake, especially because a lot of the dialogue was just beat for beat, word for word, especially if you see the original and then like right away you see the new one. Sometimes it just feels like the exact same. They're hitting the lines with the same like rhythm and you're like, there's not really much of a new like story being told here. Obviously, it's the same story, but like it doesn't feel new enough. And that's because it's not quite like a remake of the movie because it's based on the Broadway musical, which was based off of the movie. And so, it's like not a remake, if that makes sense. It's just weird. It's weird that you like go see a movie that just feels like not different enough from what it's based off of. I don't know. In some ways, I felt like it was like a lot more different. Um, I liked how they kind of like there were some things that they did try to put their own twist on, like um, in the original movie when um, they cut the nipples out of Regina George's shirt and then she just runs with it and then everyone starts like cutting the out their own shirts and wearing it like that. Instead, this time they like tried to they turned the sprinkler on when she was sitting for like um, some court, um, like probably homecoming court or something. And um, her makeup ran down and everything. And then she just like made it hot. And then everyone started doing that, including the teachers. So I thought like while a lot of the lines were still the same and a lot of the deliveries were still the same, I felt like they kept the charm of what people liked about the original movie while still trying to put their own twist on it. But it still had a lot of the same feel as the OG. Yeah. So one thing I didn't, well, can I just pull a Renee rap right now and say how rude and annoying those teenagers were in front of us? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, they were yeah. so annoying. Yeah. So we went and saw the movie and I think those teenagers in front of us were super obnoxious, but in the back, in the luxury somebody- <laughs> Like, shut up. There was someone like Not just that straight funny. up talking through the whole thing behind us in the luxury seats like did you not hear that guy's annoying laugh the one in front of us no behind us he was like oh (laughs) no he probably was more on your side but like there would be times where it was quiet and i could hear someone like in the luxury because the luxury row was like elevated above us and i could hear someone yeah there's someone just like like normal voice talking through it and i was like what happened to like movie theater courtesy like i know i wonder if it had anything to do with a pandemic like a lot of the people that went to see the movie were were young, probably high school kids. And so before the pandemic, they were probably 12 years old, 13 years old. And so like being out away, like in public spaces and then going to movie theaters post pandemic, they probably never learned how you're supposed to behave in the movie theater or in a show. Yeah, I don't know. Cause I feel like post, I feel like it did have something to do with the pandemic, but cause post pandemic, I've had a lot of bad experiences in movie theaters with people just being like um, rude and like, um, there was someone I sat next to that had their phone out the whole time, and like there was someone that um was talking through another movie that I went to, um that I almost went and got the manager of the theater to like kick him out because it was so bad and oh, like Hunger Games. Yeah, it was Hunger Games, and then I think that was the same one where they just like laid down across all of the seats. But what most of the time that I've like seen this horrible behavior, and the people who were talking through. Mean girls, they were adults. Like, I mean, the teenagers in front of us, they were pretty bad. Okay, and I think that has something to do with like the pandemic, but like, um, 
I think a lot of the behavior that I've seen post-pandemic has actually been people older than us that should know better. Okay, but I'm 16 living in paradise, and I know how to act in it. Like, that was a really, really, really bad joke that I just made. <laughs> that was horrible. Um, But I know how to act in a movie theater. Like, I know to shut up and be quiet. Those teenagers were just so obnoxious. Yeah, no, agreed. I think, you know, unfortunately, your generation did suffer a little bit from, like, the pandemic. Like, there's a lot of concert etiquette and stuff that um we've seen. Um. That, like, I know there's been a lot of discourse lately about concert etiquette and how that's kind of gone downhill as well. Um, I mean, I don't want this to become like a Gen Alpha, like, or like Gen Z, young Gen Z, like, dis thing, but. Well, you're a millennial, so you suck. I'm not a millennial, actually. <laughs> so, what was I? Oh, also the guy in front of us, one of those teenagers, his itching was so loud <laughs> and it was so crusty. It literally sounded like that he hadn't taken a shower for a fat second. Yeah, Josh, did you pick up on that? No, I didn't hear any of that. Did you not? It was the guy literally sitting in front of you. He kept on scratching his junk. No, he no, not his junk. His the back of his head. Oh, I thought not his junk. Well, I saw him scratching his junk a couple of times too. So he he was with a girl. Um, <laughs> but no, no, his itching. He was scratching the back of his neck, and it was so so damn loud. <laughs> so it was awful. It was so crusty. Yeah, I know you and Mel were both like, ew. <laughs> Me and Melanie hated that guy. And like, he was with a girl too. Are you ready for another question? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, okay, here's kind of, I was going to say it's a two-part question, but instead I'll just ask it as two separate questions. Um, now that we've seen the, mo- the, the, so now that we've seen, okay, let me see if I can ask this question in words. Um, having seen this new movie, how do you think that the original movie, which is 20 years older, can still remain timeless? If that makes sense. Or like what elements of it remain timeless? Um, Everything because it's an iconic movie and it's <laughs> so amazing. And the musical does not compare to the original movie. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. I think the musical, it's cute in its own way, but the OG, like the movie it's based on is better. But that being said, I think... I think maybe some of the one-liners are what keeps it timeless. Um, but there's oh, don't sorry. get me wrong, I love the musical, but like I don't know, it's just the original movie's just iconic. So yeah, I think there is some of the humor um, that I think just like dates it a little bit, though. Like the whole premise of the movie is basically that Regina, like um, Janice, says that she was. Uh, Lebanese and Regina doesn't know what Lebanese is and she thinks it's lesbian and then like that's my favorite joke in there yeah but like the whole premise is basically that like Regina George is a homophobe and like kicks her out of her inner circle because she like can't have her looking at girls and stuff and I think that's like one aspect of the movie that um wouldn't have worked in this day and age well the whole joke was that she was Lebanese not lesbian and so Regina thought that she was a lesbian because she said she was Lebanese when Regina's just stupid. Right, but then she, like, kicks her out of her friend group and, like, stops being friends with her because she thinks she's a lesbian. She did that in the new movie, too. Yeah, also true. Because that's, like, the whole point of... Yeah, right. Regina and Janice. Which is funny because Regina is played by a lesbian. I know. <laughs> and she said... And somebody in an interview asked her, she was like, what... How do you think, like, I don't know, she's like, what do you describe your Regina as? And she goes, gay. Gay. She was like, I feel like my Regina's very lesbian. Any thoughts, Josh? Um, 
for me, the timeless aspects of the original film lie in the heart of the performances. Like this was during the height of Lindsay Lohan's career. Um, like think of this, think of think of Mean Girls, think of uh, Freaky Friday. Lindsay Lohan playing like a teen and a young adult. Like just what a like what an era of movies. So it's like it's dated in that sense. Like yeah, like some of like the the comedy and the dialogue like feels dated. Like oh, this wouldn't this doesn't hold up. But also just like especially like for older a little bit of older people who remember these movies coming out. And then um, Lindsay Lohan kind of being absent from uh, Hollywood for much of like the last decade. Going back and seeing those movies kind of feels like a breath of fresh air a little bit. Um, which was really like heartwarming to see her cameo then in the original movie because it's been a long time since we've seen her on the screen like full stop. And so when she showed up in the end during the math contest... It was it just like, I don't know, I just got this really warm feeling, like really happy to see her back, see that she's healthy, see that she's making a really good recovery. Yeah, I'm rooting for Lindsay Lohan to come back to film. Me too. I love, and not Hallmark. <laughs> yeah, Ma- Hallmark is not film. <laughs> sorry, mom, but Hallmark kind of sucks. <laughs> um, it, Not really sorry, though. Um, I don't know. I love, I, I miss Lindsay Lohan. She was, she's such an amazing actress. She is. And I don't know, I thought it was funny because- I don't think anybody really knew she was going to make an appearance in the new movie. At least I didn't. I got there and I was like, what is going on? No, I saw her in the Walmart commercials, like the, um... Oh, yeah. Like the Mean Girls themed Walmart commercials. Yeah. But, yeah, I was really, you know, along the same lines of Josh, like, really excited to see her in that and coming back to movies. I love it. I also think, I mean, there's so many other memorable performances from the 2004 movie, like notably Amy Poehler as uh, <laughs> Mrs. George is so funny. Um, and who? what was the act? Do you know the actress's name that played that role in the new movie? Busy Phillips. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know who you're talking about when you were saying Busy Phillips. Oh, Regina's mom. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Busy Phillips did a good job. I just feel like the writing for um, Mrs. George was better in the original. No, that's what I was going to bring up is how horrible the writing for Mrs. George in the musical. It's even worse in the musical. It's so cringy. Like, I could literally just go grab my script, pull it up and start reading some lines and you'd think some little like, no, you'd think some like 50 year old. It probably was like some 50 year old trying to be like, Oh, what's the cool teens thinking these days? And it doesn't get much better than the dog chewing on the uh on the boobs. The boob job. <laughs> See, for us it was just I got my face shoved into her boobs. Yeah. Um but the thing is it's just I don't know, just the way that they did it was so weird cuz I know it's supposed to be cringy and stuff, but it was way too bad. It was, it was like way awful. Like that like almost too cringe. Yeah, it was too cringe. And like they changed it in the movie to make it a lot better, but I don't know. I don't know. It's awful. Did you fly? Am I allowed to swear on here? We usually edit it out because grandparents listen to this. I don't care if you guys edit it out. You guys could just put a quack over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, did you fly just coming through the garage? I didn't even see you. Yeah. Like, that's so bad. Or at Cool Mom. Like, what was... Me and Melanie, I remember me and her were reading some of it and it was foul when I first got my script. I don't know. Well, so that whole like social media aspect, I do like how they tried to update the movie for the times or like the play and the movie for the times. But I was confused by the movie with them being like super viral and having like super big names like chiming in and stuff. Like it kind of felt like very um like it it felt like very gossipy, but like 
at the same time, like, I don't feel like there's like a high school, maybe I'm just on the wrong side of TikTok, but I don't feel like there's a high school where like everyone's like invested in the drama like they were in the movie. And it just kind of felt like unrealistic, you know? Especially since doesn't TikTok make it so that if you're under 18, you like, they don't let your videos go viral I think in order to like protect minors? They try to. I don't think it, that's always the case. Because I've Probably a lot of high schoolers lie about their age on TikTok or something. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, like, school interviews that just go viral. Like, have you guys heard of Anna Fry? No. Good. I'm just kidding. No, but I'm, like, thinking of, like, that Evelyn chick that, like, did, like, the skincare, um, like, the super expensive skincare and would just do her skincare while she talks about, like, poor people and how, like, gross it is to be poor and then like how her videos would go viral and i think she eventually got banned but like well i hope her money gets flushed all away and she becomes poor and homeless and has to go to a homeless shelter to actually be able to afford anything so i think that like aspect of it was kind of weird that like people like chris olsen were like chiming in Ew, i hated that i absolutely hated that another jump scare (laughs) that was a huge jump scare you want to know what the biggest jump scare was though what? When they turned on the lights and those teenagers turned around because they were so ugly. Wait, what part was that? At the end of the movie when the theater lights turned on and the people sitting in front of us. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Are you stupid? Maybe. Um. So when the lights all came on and then the teenagers stood up, the rude ones be like above us, they were the most basic bitches I've ever seen. And the most basic people. And the, they weren't even cute. They were like... mid to ugly (laughs) like they were like so freaking annoying and they were like on a double date like i bet they think they were so cool because they have boyfriends like no one gives a oh (laughs) like okay whatever no one gives a that you have have a boyfriend and like nobody else does like you guys are a little cringy middle school high school couple and you guys look stupid as (laughs) like stop cuddling stop making out get the out of here I think one thing about the movie that I kind of want to talk about is how I feel like it already dated itself by the time it released. Like, um, there was a lot of discourse, and I think well-deserved discourse, about the wardrobe before the movie was released, just from, like, the promos. And I feel like the wardrobe really bought into some of the micro-trends of TikTok last year. Like, the uh, bras showing, um, some of, like, those corset tops. And- when was the bra showing what a thing when was bra showing a thing like it was a thing for like literally half a second like not even a full second like okay because there's a thing where that you have see-through shirts and then just have your bra showing yeah i like the bras peeking out of the top of the shirt i thought that just like looked tacky like it just wasn't good like wardrobe and then i feel like regina george's wardrobe it was very renee rap who's the actress that plays her but it wasn't very regina george if you know what i mean no I don't know. I'm just kidding. I meant, I was saying, no, I get that. Like her pink outfit where she's in the cargo shorts. I um, hated that. Yeah, like it's a cute outfit otherwise. And I feel like it's something that like, like very similar to like the red carpet wear of like Renee Rapp. But it just, it wasn't very characteristic of Regina George and like her like mini skirts and stuff. Like she was kind of known for like designer and like putting her in like Mew Mew or something like that. I think would have looked a lot better than like the sheen looking cargo shorts and the elf like i'm sorry this chair's so squeaky and horrible um and the elf advertises like when they the elf lip oil yeah lip when oil. the elf lip oil fell out of regina's thing 
Yeah, like, you know she has the Dior one. <laughs> like, you know she has designer. She's rich. She's not going to be using Elf or Glossier, like, oh, sorry, this scared me, Um, or Glossier, like they put, like they showed. Yeah, so I think, like, some of the wardrobe aspects, and then, of course, like, whoever is, like, having their moment on TikTok, like, changes so often as well, and I think just having Chris Olsen in there also, like, dated it already, and, like, so by the time it came out, it felt like it was very much of, like, a last year movie, and, um, you know, I follow... Like, I've listened to some people talk about, like, um, creating, like, screenplays and, like, writing books and stuff and just, like, social media in general. Like, they try to get you to avoid, um, this is kind of interesting, I thought, but they try to get you to avoid naming social media apps in your writing or in your screenplays or whatever and, like, making up fake ones and stuff because, like, the social media of the moment is changing so quickly that if you name something or if you're using TikTok prominently like they did in the Mean Girls movie, like, it, like we're already seeing the downfall of TikTok um, as it starts to devolve into more of a shopping app than just, like, a content app. And I think in a couple of years at the latest, we're going to see a new app rise. And so, like, they've already, like, dated the movie. And so, it'll be one that we kind of watch now and we're like, oh yeah, this is kind of fun. But in a couple of years, we're not really going to want to go back and watch it because it's going to feel really old and not timeless like the uh, movie 20 years ago kind of does. How do you think that differs then from seeing a movie that came out in the early 2000s and the like everybody has flip phones and nobody has social media or like seeing, you know, old, older technology that people use, does that not then limit the timelessness of the movie in the way that like trying to use social media in a modern movie does? Well, they didn't, back in the 2000s, they didn't like make cell phones like a huge, like they didn't really put that hugely into like the writing and stuff like they did in the Mean Girls movie on how big social media was and like TikTok and Instagram was. But they just kind of like like if like somebody calls them, they'll like answer their phone and stuff like that. But they don't like make a huge part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I think it's first of all how prominently it was. Um, but I mean, looking back on um, looking back on um, you know the movie from the early two thousands, like yes, there were flip phones, but it wasn't kind of the focus. Like um, TikTok very much was in this movie. Um, and you can look back on, like, um, watching movies from different decades and be like, oh, yeah, like, that's, like, definitely, um, like, a product of its time. Like, in Napoleon Dynamite, how they have the cord phone with, like, the super long cord and stuff. Um, but, um. Um, so did you notice how in my production of it, we had a sexy Napoleon Dynamite in the song Sexy? <laughs> I actually didn't notice that. You didn't? No, that's funny, though. Yeah, we had sexy Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Okay, don't be that dramatic. No, but just kind of like, um, first of all, just like the way that they prominent, like how prominent and integral to the plot, like TikTok is in this uh, version of it, I think is going to make it dated. I think the micro trends in fashion that like, we're going to look back and we're going to try to remember like, oh man, was that like even a thing? Because like we're cycling through trends in fashion so quickly and they chose some of those like quicker ones instead of um, some of the fashion that's like st stayed around a little bit longer, if that makes sense. Um, but I also think, sorry, I had another thought and like, yeah, I just think like how quickly social media apps like flip through like um, 
Man, I am really describing this terribly. Welcome to my world. Yeah, so I think part of it, one, is like how quickly things are cycling through right now that you don't want to like stick to something that's like turning over too quickly. And kind of like I said, how this already feels like a dated movie, even though it like just came out a couple of weeks ago. And they're not sticking with the trends that kind of are lasting longer and will be more memorable in our minds when we're looking back on this decade. But I also, it has to do with how much they used TikTok in this movie. Like that was a huge part of the plot line. Like when Regina like falls and is like super embarrassed in the, uh, uh, Rocking Around the Pole song, how prominent TikTok is and like spreading that around the school or like when Janice shows up at um, uh, Katie's party and it's because she saw it on like the stories and stuff that just like a lot of the uh, plot was driven by social media and the technology of this era. Whereas like in other movies, like flip phones and cordless phones and or phones with cords aren't like a huge part of the plot. I'll be very interested to see what people have to say about this movie in 10 years. Because I think for me, one of like the the best things about movies in general is when they are a product of their time. Because, you know, think about like Star Wars A New Hope came out in 1977. It's it feels very much like a 70s movie like Luke's haircut, the rebel pilots helmets like all of the the costuming the the even the dialogue the practical effects it's like okay this was very this was very clearly made in the 70s and that's what makes it so charming to rewatch now jeez what is that is that oh gotcha <laughs> wait, what is wait, that wait, noise? <laughs> for me and i think a lot of people might might feel this way also movies that are products of their time are kind of the ones that end up being the most timeless but like for if i understand you correctly it's it's not that this feels like a product of like the 2020s it feels like it's a product of such a a small moment in time that in 10 20 years looking back we won't actually remember what those what that time actually was like if that makes sense yeah and it's like you know some of those aspects of star wars like are some of the more like prominent aspects of like the decade that we kind of look back and we're like oh yeah like that was like cute i like like some of the better trends i think um but like some of the micro trends in this movie especially like the bras like hanging out of the shirts and stuff we're gonna look back on that we're gonna be like oh man that's like so cringy you know like thinking about last decade all the chevron print that was super popular like ew yeah we look back at that trend and we're like oh man that's like so cringy but it wasn't really featured in movies and i think that was like a smart move on their part to kind of like lean away from like certain uh trends that like really date things if that makes sense um do you think we're going to keep seeing new versions of uh Mean Girls in the, or do you think do you think this is the last time something new is gonna gonna show up, or do you think in ten years we're going to get a limited series, or or what else, or a a book series, or or that's gonna go well, viral? Or Mean Girls is based on a book. Um, yeah, it's based on I think it's called Queen Bees and Wannabes, and it's not like a story, um, per se. I think it's actually more of like a nonfiction exploration into how women like men. If they have problems, they'll just, like, fight each other, like, physically. But women use more, like, psychological warfare. Oh. Um, which is, like, the whole point of, like, the whole, like, jungle aspect versus, 
like psychological mind games aspect in the original movie. Um, so it is like based off of a novel, not a novel, but like a book. Um, no, that just clicked in my head. Like the we're all supposed to act like these and be nurturing and care. Boys get to fight. Wait, boys get to fight. We have to shit. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you're t- what lyric you're talking about. Yeah, but I think I don't know. I feel like. They did the original movie. It was great. They adapted the play. They changed it a little bit. It was good. And the movie is a good adaption of the musical. Um, You know, as much criticism as I have for the movie, like I still, um, I went in with like low expectations and they were exceeded and I was like pleased with the movie. Um, I don't think we need another version of it. Not as if it's like a reunion with the original Yeah. <laughs> But that being said, Hollywood likes to beat things to death. And I mean, Star is Born was done like four times, right? So like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll see another version of it. Yeah. Movie remakes have been around as long as movies have been around. Like a lot of people don't know the original quote unquote original, not Lord of the Rings, (laughs) the quote unquote original Wizard of Oz um, with Judy Garland isn't actually the original that it's based on a silent film that I think was a remake of a different silent film that was based on the book. Like, so it, all the way back to the, the twenties and thirties movies have been, been being remade. And now we're seeing a lot of, a lot of movies, a lot of book series being reimagined um, on the screen or vice versa, or, or movie series being adapted into like limited TV series and things like that. And so I'm just, I'm interested to see, you know, this one being taken from the m- movie to Broadway and back. If we're going to keep seeing this, if we're going to keep seeing Tina Fey specifically taking this story and getting as much mileage as she can out of it. I hope um, not. Tina Fey's writing is getting worse and worse. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next five years we get a, a legacy sequel or something where all of the cast comes back and it's a sequel of the original. Yeah. I mean, we're already to like legacy sequel point, right? Because like Rachel McAdams is like, and Lindsay Lohan. I think they're are, like, all willing to do it. I just think they need a writer. Well, I'm just saying like they're, cause like a legacy sequel, I would see it being is like them being parents of kids that, um, you know, start doing mean things. And so they're definitely like at that age of like being the parents. Like I think Rachel McAdams now is older than Amy Poehler was when she did, when she played her mom in the original. But there actually is a sequel to Mean Girls. It's awful. It's really bad, but. I was not aware of that. It's terrible. I think I watched like half of it. It's not really related to the original, except for just the dynamics of how there's like one girl that's like kind of a newcomer and then there's like the three like mean girls that she like kind of infiltrates like also i'm pretty sure they got the principal in it oh yeah and then tim meadows but um terrible absolutely terrible yeah that's like think of like one of those like little kids like mean girl movies and that's it yeah it's like the disney channel original movie version of mean girls basically it is it definitely is. I want to talk a little bit more about the musical. Like, I don't think we've really... I mean, you talked about how the songwriting and the lyrics like feel very like corny and campy. But like just the medium of musical itself, how do you think that the the song, the songs and the music contribute to the storytelling compared to the straight movie without music? Mm, I don't know. I feel like you get a deeper understanding of the characters with like their songs and everything. Like... In the original movie, you could just see that, like, Gretchen was, like, getting used and stuff like that. But then Gretchen, in the musical, she gets her song, What's Wrong With Me? 
And it's kind of more like you kind of get more connected with the characters because you get to see more about them. And like, I don't know, because there's just something about a musical and their songs and like characters' songs that you just get more connected with the character. Especially, I don't know, I'm so much different because I have actually been in the musical. And so I'm very connected to Katie and seeing like my friends all play the plastics because all of my friends got like casted as plastics, which was fun. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's something about a song that can just, you get a deeper understanding of the character because you can see more about them. Yeah, it kind of lets their point of view shine through a little bit more than just like the straight movie did. Because the straight movie's point of view was all from like Katie's perspective, but the songs open up kind of uh, like a little peek into the minds of the other characters. Yeah, you get Karen, Katie, Regina. Mrs. George. Yeah. I Especially Janice. Oh, I yeah. I think Janice shines as a character so much more in the musical than she does in the original movie. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. She's like like a co-lead in the musical, where she's much more of a supporting character in the original movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's definitely a co-lead. And the musicals, she had a huge part. Damien and her both had a huge part. Yeah, like you were saying, Damien has songs that were cut out of, like, in the in the musical, but were cut out of the movie musical. Um, when we went and saw your your production, the actor who played Damien was one of the, like, he stole the show and all of the scenes he was in. He's like, so good. Definitely a memorable performance. And, and even in um, the movie that we saw, Damien's just such a fun character that, like, you, we wish that could have been used a little more. Yeah, because the the actor that plays him is really good. Like, I think he has a Tony for A Strange Loop. Really? I Really talented. I'm going to fact check that real quickly. He was at least nominated, I think. They added him into Apex Predator and his... I I remember listening to one of his riffs and it was so really, really hard to do. I don't know. He did so good, though. And he's, he's an incredible singer. I don't know why they cut out all of Damien's songs. I know. Um, yeah, he did get a Tony for Strangely. That's awesome. For me, I think that the the musical, like the songs in the musical. What? Oh, she's just giving me the 20 minutes to little her game, but I was telling her we're kind of winding down. Okay. For me, I think the songs in the musical especially elaborated on Regina's character, like to the point where it allows the audience to be intimidated by Regina more so than you would be intimidated by Rachel McAdams as Regina, if that makes sense. Like when you watch the original movie, you definitely get the sense that, oh, she's the popular queen bee of the school, but you yourself don't feel kind of trapped by like her power or authority over, you know, but like the way that the the music gets like kind of plays with your emotions, especially during Apex Predator and the the song at the Halloween party. What's it called? Someone, Someone gets, gets hurt. hurt. Yeah. That one especially, how like it's in the dark and like she's kind of like creeping behind and around everybody and everybody's frozen and uh, the lighting, the sound, like everything, you feel like, oh, goosebumps, like this is an unstoppable force and as an audience member gives you like the chills. But also, it's Renee Rapp. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think- She could step on my face and I'd apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I think like- um you know, you see the kiss in the movie and the kiss is like really the the kiss between um, Regina and Aaron is what really sets Katie's character off and f- kind of flips a switch for her and like starts the whole plot of like, all right, I'm ready to get back at Regina. I think, you know, I looked at that in like 
the first movie and I watched it and I was like, it didn't feel as big of a deal because like people get drunk at like high school parties and like, you know, maybe they were just I don't like, even remember the kiss between that set Katie off. Yeah, like... Oh, never mind. No, I do. Yeah, like, you know, maybe they were just, like, sloppy drunk at a party and, like, making out because, like, that just, like, happens. But, like, seeing that, like, song and how it was, like, a very calculated move by Regina, it, like, definitely makes you... I think it makes that moment more impactful. Definitely. I don't know. Did you see the kids in my show? Yes. That was steamy for my Aaron being very gay. Yes, it was. (laughs) Yeah, he did a really good job of playing straight. He did. I don't know. I feel like the movie, watching, yeah, but like how you said, it, like we got to be more scared of her in the like musical because you just see how calculated her moves are. I feel like in like till someone gets hurt was like really like huge. And in World Burn, we're both like very calculated. Like I'm just gonna go hurt somebody. Like. But, like, in the most, like, psychological way she could. Like, I don't know. Does that mean? Yeah, I think what was what's awesome about that is, like, it really builds up the idea that Regina is untouchable, unbreakable, almost like a god. So that when she gets hit by the bus at the end, it's like a sudden realization for us, too, that she's human. And that when she's, like, on the pain medications and she, like, doesn't have any of that, it's just, like, like cognitive dissonance. Like, this doesn't feel like the same character that we just saw earlier in the movie. But it's just like a... Does that make sense? Yeah, I did like the pain medication edition in the musical as well. I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be in the original movie, but they cut it out. Oh, really? Yeah. But like, not as heavy as it, but like the bathroom scene, you know? Yeah. Was supposed to be in the musical, like in the original movie, but they cut it out. Mm. Um, I don't know. I thought that I love the pain medication scene. That's my favorite. Um, But no, like, yeah, I kind of... And like, another thing is one of Regina's lines is like, when I woke up, I just saw Gretchen's big face staring down at me. They didn't even look look surprised or... I mean, they didn't even look scared or anything. They just looked, like, surprised. Like, I was, wasn't was an actual human person. And then I'm like, yeah, it's weird when people treat you like you're famous or something. Um, Kind of shows how people just don't really look at Regina as a normal person. And I don't know. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Meow, 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 meow. Uh, moral of the story that you'd like to leave with our listeners. Uh, also, like, another thing showing how, like, Regina is, like, very, very manipulative and stuff like that is Gretchen's song. Like, what's wrong with me? And, like, here's, a, like, one of the lines is, what's wrong with me? What can I do? What's wrong with me? Could it be you? It's probably me. Yeah. Like, that one is kind of like, oh, it's like, she kind of realizes that it could be Regina, but she chooses not to because she's just being manipulated and right. everything. So she just thinks everything is her fault. I know. Yeah, I think they do a good job of, you know, that's where the musical really shines over the movie is the characterization. But I think if I had to choose out of the three, I would still choose the original movie. Yeah. I don't know. I would do anything to be able to see your production of Mean Girls again, just because you are great. I loved hearing you sing. I loved seeing you um, in your first kind of big role. It was um, so fun. I really loved seeing the actor in your show who played Kevin G. He's <laughs> so funny. But he's 12 years old. Just this like little white kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this little white boy. He was so fun. Oh my gosh, he's so funny. Yeah. I think that was like a perfect thing how they casted little white boys for Kevin G. Yeah. Yeah, I think the musical suits high schoolers 
just like the writing it suits high schoolers better than it suits adults. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Ugh, I would go do anything to go back to performing. That was so fun. Do you have any uh, upcoming plans in your theater career? I think I'm going to go audition for Centerpoint. Nice. I think I'm maybe next year I think I'm going to do Academy, which like if you guys don't know, it's like a Centerpoint is like a bigger company around here and it's a very very professional one and it's like the big company around us. And um, I don't know. My voice teacher, she told me that I have enough talent to go to Center Point. She told me she wants to audition for like Academy next year, which is basically like a class for the little kids. Well, like for like high schoolers and stuff like that, middle schoolers. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah. I don't know. I love my theater company, though. Hoping to see you in another production soon. Um. Yeah, you'll see me in Macbeth. Sweet. You're doing Macbeth? Yeah, next month we're performing Macbeth. At? Uh... Spotlight? Spotlight? Yeah. Whoa, that's bad luck. It is. Don't say it in the theater. So for us, it's not that. It's a Christmas carol. Saying a Christmas carol is bad luck. <laughs> gotcha. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I'm Hecate, the main witch. And then I'm also Malcolm. That's cool. I never read Macbeth. So you guys will have to come see both casts. Yeah. Um, it's Macbeth. very, very confusing. And you guys are not going to get anything. And you guys are going to be bored out of your minds. Except for it's going to be very bloody. Now, hold up. I like Shakespeare. Yeah, I'm not going to be confused because I am an intellectual. <laughs> just Me, kidding. an intellectual understanding Macbeth. I know if I went and saw it, I would just be very, very confused. When I, I've only, I've read Macbeth, but I've only seen a production of it once. And it was cool because they did like a gender bent Macbeth. So like Lady Macbeth was a guy and Macbeth was a we girl. We have one of those casts. Oh, nice. My Lady Macbeth is a, one of them is a guy and one of them is a girl. And one of my Macbeths was a girl. And it's actually, we, yeah, because my producer, my um, director, she saw a cast like that and she saw, thought it was so cool. And since we have, oh, my Damien, he's Lady Macbeth, Macbeth in one of them. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's, he's going to be amazing. Maybe we need to do a Macbeth episode yeah. after that. <laughs> Sydney, because Sydney's never seen it or read it, right? Nope. There's some so. movies of it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Cool. I've cool. had to watch one for. Well, I have, did not finish it. I got so bored. Um, but I need to watch one for my production. All right. But yeah, no, mine's gonna. my production's going to be very, very bloody and gory. Just a little heads up. Well, if you are in the specific neck of the woods, go see it. <laughs> um, let the families buy tickets first. <laughs> We're going to do it like in the rounds. So it's going to be a bit cooler. All right. And then Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Well, time to wrap up. Okay. Mm -hmm. This has been another episode of Thanks for Participating. I've been Josh, and he's been Sydney. And once again, thank you for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Josh underscore is underscore rich, at Dip Your Chicken, at TFP underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok, or at TFP underscore show on Twitter. You can also support the show by ordering some podcast merch. The link is in our show notes. Send mail to participating.podcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and or Spotify. Cover art is by Vaishon Brandon at Vaishon Designs on Instagram. Music is by Mitch Fry at Firefry underscore on Instagram and Mitch Fry Music on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to everybody. It really does mean a lot to us. And thank you to our special guest, Livy, for joining us today. Yay! And we'd like to thank you all for participating. And thanks for coming to our revenge party with Some your two best friends party, a party that ends with somebody's head on a spike party with revenge is what it's like <laughs> <laughs> adios 